What's up, Misfits? Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Today's guest is Ray Sani, a comedian, a Brooklyn native like myself, and we're discussing hotep men, white feminism, Nate Parker, and so much more. You're going to have a laugh. Let us know what you think in the comments. Also, if you want to see me in person, go to ChloeHillier.com. Check out my shows. I'm somewhere telling jokes and trying not to go to therapy. You're listening to Social Misfit. Hello and welcome to another episode of Social Misfit with Chloe Hilliard, me, your host. Today I am joined by comedian and how would you describe yourself? I don't know, comedian, writer. Comedian, writer, but I mean like an adjective, like Ooh. fiery. Am I? Are you not? I think a lot. She will tell you off <laughs> and take receipts. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Ray Sani. Hi. <laughs> you can get closer yeah. to the mic. Stop okay. being shy. Uh, I don't know. You're like a really self-confident woman <laughs> and it's making me very anxious. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that making you anxious? Because I'm not. So like, I don't know. You just feel very self-possessed. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting here like, okay, well, I sent terrible text messages when I was drunk last night. I don't feel good about myself. I don't have any makeup on. And I'm like, fuck, Chloe's dope. I have no makeup on. Yeah, Um, but you look great. You look happy. Yeah, your skin is flawless. Girl. Listen, all right, well, all right, fine. We're trying to enough with the sisterhood of the traveling pants. Um, <laughs> here on Social Misfit, every single episode, I bring a person on who I admire, who I think is super funny, intelligent, or crazy. And you're not crazy. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just throwing examples out there as my my guests become more diversified. Right. Um, because I don't want somebody to listen to the episode and be like, that person was dumb as shit. And I'm like, well, they didn't fit the in you know interesting and retrospective part, but they were definitely crazy. So I got to broaden the adjectives in the beginning of the show. Um, but I bring people on and we talk about a social media post that mm-hmm. they put out into the universe mm-hmm. and we get the backstory, the sentiment, the side eye, the subcontext of right. it all. And so uh, we picked, you and I, we agreed on this post because you have so many. You have so many that can go in so many different directions. Oh, Stop. Come. <laughs> right. Okay. So now you just, without further ado, Ray Tani is going to read her post. Okay. So the post we chose is something I wrote this past Tuesday. And it says, my white friend told me that a black man told her, black women don't mind the catcalling, but you gentrify our neighborhoods. And now all of a sudden catcalling is a problem. This sort of nonsense is why black feminists killed birth of a nation. And there's a smiley face because I was kidding. Jeez. Yeah. So that last part was you. That last part, not the not, not the, the old quote, man. But uh, <laughs> that's why we killed birth of a nation was me joking so what was the conversation that your your white friend told you so she told me that she was at a comedian's house mm. uh-huh and uh she, they were like at a barbecue or whatever and his cousins she's like the whitest shorty ever i'm talking like small town ohio yeah and um she was saying that his black cousin was telling her, like, y'all, you remember this um, catcalling video? Oh, yeah, the catcalling video. Out? Yeah, and it was since it was a woman, right. she wasn't black. Yeah, and she it was walking getting, through Harlem, yeah. which I had problems with the optics of that. Yes. 
Uh, because white men catcall too. Of course. Um, but well, they catcall us. They don't really catcall white, white women girls? unless they're drunk as fuck. Oh, really? They don't catcall white girls. No. They catcall us for sure. They do catcall us. Um, and so they were discussing that video, mm-hmm. um, which was which is in general a very interesting conversation to me to watch people argue over blackness versus uh femaleness like they don't make us yes <laughs> yeah we exist yeah um and so this idea of this like black man positioned our blackness in a way that would um suit his agenda to uh, fighting to help him oppress white women. Yes. <laughs> like, I was like, nah, that's wild crazy. Like, it, it really bothered me. Actually, I wrote that on Tuesday, but Shorty told me that on Sunday. And I really had just been sitting on wow. it, like, really mad. Really, it, I found it, like, really insulting. The Because one of two things is happening. Well, one part, the way, <clears throat> what I take away from it is that he feels as though when black women tell black men to stop calling us, they don't listen. It goes in one ear. They That's how little respect they have, have for, for us. us. Exactly. That was my issue. I was like, one of two things is happening. You only listen to white women when mm-hmm. they talk. You don't listen to black girls when they talk. Or you're still sexist. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. It was like, it was like really, it was really frustrating. And I try very often not to shit on black men in white or public spaces. Yeah. Because uh, as female as I am, I think that, um, how do I say this that makes sense? You're born black and you also are born female, but you're a girl before you're a woman. We're taught, we're taught femininity before we're taught blackness. You think so? As a kid, yes. As a child, you're given pink, you're given Barbie dolls, okay. your hair is done, you're, right. you want your ears pierced, you want nail polish on. You, those things are a part of your daily life I think that's true. before you acknowledge your blackness. Yeah, my ears were pierced before I was like three months old Oh, no, old my mom something. was hardcore. My mom was a born-again Christian, mm. and she would not let me get my ears pierced until, I was old, until she said I was old enough to decide. And so I didn't get my ears pierced till about the... Fifth, fourth or fifth grade. Wow. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah. Nigerians, they'll give your kids, they'll give your kids jewelry right away. Like I was pierced probably a month or like Come three closer. months in. Yeah. Three months in, I was pierced. Um, there are ch- like childhood post photos of me. You know when they get yeah. there. Bangles for days. Yeah. Um. Je- I I think that's interesting because I think that the whole time you're cognizant that you're a female, right? Mm-hmm. And they'll remind you. I got reminded very quickly because I went to Muslim school from first to third grade. In Brooklyn, New York. In Queens. Oh, Queens. Um, and I had to wear a hijab to school every day, and my brother didn't. So I knew we were different. Mm-hmm. But there's not the same sense of ownership of female identity that I think that blackness gives you or or at least the way that people perceive blackness makes you rush to this kind of defensiveness about the identity so like i remember i was really really good at tartile and tartile is um the sing-songy 
kind of recitation of Quranic like verses. Mm -hmm. I was super good at it, but I had to stop at one point because you can't lead prayers if you're a girl in Islam. Oh, you can't lead. You can't lead at all unless you're leading other women. You are not going to be in in a two gender situation and leading the prayer if you're a woman or something. So I was discouraged after a certain point. Oh, so it would stop being cute. So once you got older, yeah. when you're like, well, so can I do this in front of people? Nah. They was like, no. Mm-mm. And so you just stopped altogether. Yeah, I mean. How old were you? I, well, so I stopped going to that school in um, third grade because my parents couldn't afford it anymore. Um, but even while I was there, they just, it was cute first and second grade. But then it's like, well, Rafa can't lead a prayer, so. Why are we having her do this performance of Quranic reading? So yeah. I didn't get to do them anymore. Oh, they stopped you. They stopped me. Yeah. Um, and I think the the last time I was like really super like proud of Arabic performance was when I was like 15. I had like a walima, which is like, uh, I guess the best description of it is the, like a, bought mitzvah for for Muslims mm-hmm. where it's like okay you've mastered the Quran to this point and then you sort of do this ceremony but like I think generally speaking that was my only relationship to like being a female and being limited because of it before I was an adult yeah so I think like I've been black always or at least Nigerian always mm-hmm. which is but, a different identity than, than which American is diff- black yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't know what blackness was, like black yeah. shit, mm-hmm. really, in a real way, until I got to college. But um, I was always of color, mm-hmm. but being a girl didn't really matter much. I had an older brother who was my best friend. All my friends in high school and college were, like, I had a fair share of male and female friends, but... It was, it didn't matter. Like, it didn't matter. Yeah. But I was always Nigerian. Of course. But I was never a girl. Do you think so? I could be misremembering. Uh Uh-huh. Or at least. Do you think that maybe your culture downplays your femininity so you just didn't think of it? Or do you think that you just weren't in positions where you felt objectified or praised or or pursued as a as a woman? I think, you know, I think it would be probably the latter Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of shit that goes down with Nigerian girl. Have you ever dated a Nigerian man? Um, I would never say. I wouldn't say date. Don't do it. Um, <laughs> but I definitely crossed paths with uh, a and Nigerian man or two. So you know. Yeah. You know he'll remind you what you should be doing. Well, no. See, I don't get to that point where they oh, can you tell me anything. But, but they try. They try on, like, conversation one. So they say stuff like, so do you cook? Are you good at cooking? What can you make? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, hey, I just got home from work. Oh, how was your day? Oh, my day is good. What you about to do? Oh, no, I just got home. I'm going to relax. Oh, you didn't make nothing to eat? Uh, I ordered something. Oh, really? You are so right. How often do you, how often do you order food? Whenever I fucking feel like it. <laughs> Why are you asking me these questions? Mind you, and I'm like, in my mind, I'm thinking, you're asking me, see, because for me, cooking for someone is 
like an intimate thing it is a very intimate thing Mm -hmm. because that means that i'm i'm taking time out of my day if i if if i just happen to make something and you're here i'll offer it to Mm -hmm. you but the fact that you're here while i'm casually making my own dinner means you already are somebody who i want in my okay right right right. but for me to make a meal like to cook an entire meal and say present to you yes (laughs) that means that we are on a road to something serious i don't just do that to, to i'm not doing that on like date two to win you over that's something that you've earned mm. over some time especially since i know you're nigerian and you got six other women probably <laughs> <laughs> probably two back home in nigeria he has, he has three wives in nigeria yeah, because already. polygamy is legal yeah so he has three in nigeria <laughs> and he came here talking about oh you know i just wanted to start a life in america no you came here to make some american coins to send back to your three wives who already have two and a half babies each and I'm not, I don't want to sound like I'm stereotyping, but like, no, you're not wrong. That's, that's what it is. Because it's so funny because it's, I feel like when Nigerian men come here, it's like they're, it's like they're rum springer. It's like how, you know, Amish <laughs> <laughs> take their year Shut off. Shut up. That is be- so right. But then they always, you know, cause it, the rum springer, you can choose yeah, to go back, back yeah. or you stay. Yeah. They always stay. They always stay. And they still have wives. I'm like, who are these women that are just <laughs> suffering through this long intercontinental marriage? Like, you're not going to leave me with some three kids. Right. But it's so crazy because every adult Nigerian that I know, mm-hmm. well, no, 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 I'm not going to say every, but a good portion of them have the same story of like, me and my mom were here in the country. My dad went to America. He got his master's. He got his PhD. Mm-hmm. He did this. He did that. He did this. He did that. When he retired, he moved back here and then sent me to school. And I was like, so how how many months did you and your dad ever live in the same house? Probably like, probably like eight. <laughs> yeah, like eight. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think culturally... It's very, it's very interesting. That's also why I don't really, I don't really date like a Hispanic men. Spanish culture is kind of similar to that. Oh. It's a lot of like I serving. I okay, so you're also a native Brooklynite. I'm native Brooklynite, native, not Native American. Where I'm a Native you? American, but I'm not a Different. native. I'm a- <laughs> <laughs> the actual definition of native. I'm, yeah, the native, like, yes. Lowercase n, <laughs> yeah. not uppercase n. Um, no, I think that's really fascinating because... I don't know any Latino people. No? No. Mm. Who do I know? All my Latino friends are comedians. Ah. Like, excuse me, I grew up in Brooklyn. I grew up in a black neighborhood in Brooklyn. I grew up in East New York. If there was Latino people, they were Puerto Rican or Dominican, but there wasn't that many of them. Yeah. And then... I went to a predominantly white school, like a predominantly white private school. So the minority people there were black or people were white. I went to college and there are very few, I think, and I don't know what that speaks to about the system, but Latinos are super underrepresented in Ivy League schools. Yeah. Yeah. And then... And just like in my New York life, post that mm-hmm. I don't know any Latino people like really yeah. intimately. I I was I grew up in a neighborhood that was predominantly Hasidic Jews, mm-hmm. then Hispanic. Cronite? No, um, Williamsburg. Oh, I grew up so in like Cronite. South Side, Had South Side. Yeah. So um, I grew up in a neighborhood that was predominantly Hisp- I mean Hasidic Jews, mm-hmm. and then Hispanic, mm-hmm. and then Black. So out of my neighbors we had I had Spanish neighbors okay when I went to heights when I went to junior high school there was a good Spanish population mm-hmm. um same thing in high school and in college just I think it's just as amount as black and Hispanic with, at NYU so um I've always had Spanish 
people in my in my life like friends that I can hang out with or talk to and I even then even then like I noticed a difference Mm -hmm. culturally like I had a friend in high school and she was probably like my first like close Hispanic friend and I would go to her house we would leave for school together and I remember she was the only girl and she was cooking full dinners like full dinners the entire thing because her mom really her mom was like i'm i'm working late i need you to cook and she'd be like all right i gotta go how old cook. was she when she started that do you know probably like 12 13 that's wild crazy to me and then she was like making the rice a certain way and then like the brothers would just come in and she's making their plates Whew. and like and so i'm there and i'm like okay guys i'm gonna go home because in my mind i was like girl if you don't say something like yeah, they just that's that was her role, and she was like, "This is my this is my responsibility." I'm the. I mean, that in. doesn't sound different from the Nigerian experience, but I will say though that I my parents were surprisingly liberal for mm-hmm. Nigerian. Oh, I just put my tongue. Excuse me, uh, Nigerian Muslim, super liberal. So, like, I didn't have to deal with that. I didn't have to do like, my mom cooks for her husband. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Like, sh- I know she'll what she'll do. Like, the s- main staple of Nigerian food is like a sauce, like a red stew. Mm-hmm. You can put it on everything. So my mom will cook a big thing mm-hmm. of sauce. And then my siblings and I, we would figure out what to eat with it during the rest of the week. We'll eat it with spaghetti. We'll eat it with rice. We'll eat it with um, pounded yam or whatever. But we would take care of ourselves. I think, like, after maybe, like, nine or ten we would take care of ourselves but the only person she cooks for every night is her husband um so like that's i i but i have seen nigerian men at work uh and there is and i'm confident i I bet you get hit on by Nigerian men so much because what they love. They love a, a big, strong, backed black woman. Yes. <laughs> but also not just that you're physically mm-hmm. like big. They love a woman who does her own shit. There's this weird thing because, you know, a lot of men like docile shorties. Yeah. No. Nigerian men, it's like taming of the shrew. They love a shorty who talks shit and like will fuck you up and fight you, da da da, because they take pride in being the one who tamed her. I see. I don't get hit on by Nigerian men as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. I think maybe I just don't. I just They're haven't interacted. In yeah, I'm not in the. <clears throat> I don't. I don't go out to the clubs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's where I will find them at. The scammers are out there. Listen, the Nigerian let me tell, scammers. Let me tell you something. There. I'm so glad you said that. I did. Uh, I did Carrie Cottage show. Uh, she's a fellow comedian. I did her show, and I, for some reason, this. You know how you hit the stage and just like a story comes. Yeah, to you? of course. So I tell the story about how I, you know, met this guy. He was Nigerian, and mm-hmm. at the same when I told my friend, my best friend, that I met him, uh, one of my one of my best friends that I met him, she was like, girl if you go to his house make sure to keep your id in your bra (laughs) 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 i can't tell you different i can't tell you and i was like really you think so she was like yes Mm -hmm. bitch keep all your fucking id in your bra don't take that shit off and so when so we went back to his house and i was drunk Mm mm-hmm it was my 25th birthday. I was drunk mm-hmm. and I was so drunk that he had to drive my car home. He came from Nigeria. He was he grew up in New York. He he was here like he he had, spent time both spent, places. He, he was here. He he owned like a couple laundry mats. He owned 
listen i don't i never really got that deep into his resume but he was fine as fuck and he was tall he was dark he was Mm -hmm. handsome like i'm attracted to the aesthetic of a nigerian Mm -hmm. man until they start being really nigerian Mm um and so when i got to his house Uh i walk in the house and there's a nigga on the floor asleep (laughs) But like rolled up like a burrito and a comforter. <laughs> and even though I'm drunk, I sobered up enough to be like, this don't, mm, I don't mm, like this. This don't feel this good. Don't feel right. If ever I go to a man's house and somebody else is there or if I'm at your house and then all of a sudden I hear another voice, I'm getting up, I'm leaving. Right. Like, I don't feel safe. And so he was like, well, I got to go to the bathroom. And, I, you know, I'm drunk. I was like, I got to go to the bathroom, too. He was like, all right, let me go first. So I'm in his bedroom with the door closed. Mm-hmm. And then he takes forever to come back from the bathroom. And so then doing? I go out there and him... And the guy that was on the floor are gone. They're gone. Not in the entire apartment. And the apartment's only one bedroom. So I can see, once I look out his bedroom, I can see the bathroom is empty. I can turn the corner and see the living room is empty. So <laughs> I go to the bathroom. Then I go back to my, then I go back to his room. Still nobody's in the, in the entire house. So I go in his room and I lock the bedroom door. Mm-hmm. So like maybe like 10 minutes later, he comes back in and he like, knocks on the door like oh you locked me out i was like you damn right i locked you out because right. when i came out here nobody was in here right he was like oh no i just had to tell him something real quick he had to go to the store you had to like, leave to tell him something I, bitch i <laughs> had all my id in my bra that night because in my mind i was like oh they gonna try to run a train on me what club did you pick up at? i don't Do even remember? remember i don't even remember. i definitely met him at a club i don't remember what but he was super handsome he was super handsome. He was mm-hmm. really good too. But yeah, it was that was too risky. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. Um, it's not nice for me to perpetuate stereotypes, but I will never do a Nigerian dude. I dated one Nigerian. What if he dude. was like American-born Nigerian? Are they- no, because obviously, if there's me, there's another me. Yeah. Right. But I don't know. I dated one Nigerian dude ever, and. He reminded me too much of my father, mm. but like all the negative qualities oh, of my father, not yeah. on some, cause like my dad's really smart, but he's like very cold and very calculating mm-hmm. and you know, on some break a smart shorty self-esteem, like <laughs> that's how you bags my mom. You know what oh, I mean? So is she a, is she a, is your mom a shell of herself or is she just kind of, I, I obviously I didn't know her before she met my dad, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but like what people who knew her say about her yeah um she's very different now yeah she has like no friends you know oh and then and also like i will see flashes of my mom yeah like if the right person pisses mom off oh they gonna get it yeah and even when my dad does sometimes like i'll see i'll see it yeah but you know, she used to draw. She don't draw anymore. Stuff like that because her life is about performing wifely duties now. But all of her kids are grown now, right? Yes, but now she's obsessed with my nephew. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Just just, um, just finding ways to be domestic because- She's my- a stay-at-home mom? No. She's always worked. Mm-hmm. But she met my dad when she was 19. Mm-hmm. Who knows what they were? I don't remember what I was like. I mean, I kind of remember what I was like before I was nineteen. But yeah, like, my mom, my mom married my dad at nineteen. Right. Yeah. So it's like, um, so I see like flashes, and when I talk to her brothers, they'll be like, "Do you know what your mom used to do?" And uh-huh. da da da. 
And so whenever she's talking to her brothers on the phone, there's this light in her. Like there's this like, you know, joy, this like sass that's like not absent, just not as pronounced when um, when she's talking to us. So, yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Sorry, we're on this anti-Nigerian No, listen, tangent. this is what this show is about. <laughs> this is about, we start with one point and it just organically <laughs> takes us on a roller coaster ride. Um, but I do want to get back to your post real quick because you said it was a white, a white friend of yours who the black guy told her that is the basically the white women's fault for moving into black neighborhoods. That's why they can't catcall. How did she respond to him? She, she was a being a good liberal white woman, so she didn't um, disagree. Oh. <laughs> she was just like, oh, I didn't realize that. What did you tell her to fucking get her life together and never did? Well, no, no, I didn't. I didn't hold that against her because I. But like, what, how did she? But when she told you that she had uh, an opinion about it. Oh, her opinion was that it was probably wrong, but she wanted to make sure with me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like because because they were like they both. He felt very comfortable speaking for black women, and she didn't. Yeah. Oh, right? okay, okay. Okay. So she was like, "This doesn't sound right." Mm. Do you find yourself being the black woman translator for a lot? No, of No, I white don't have friends? a lot of white women friends. Oh, okay, I have like two. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Do I know them? Uh, you don't have the name. I don't want people calling you after this. I, like, I actually don't I think you know her, friend. but she is a comic. The one who told me about yeah. this, she's a comic. And my other like, I have like, but out. I think I have like two super close white girlfriends. One is from my high school. Excuse me. And she gets it. Yeah. Um, and I put that in air quotes. She did you air quotes. Yes, I saw that. Because I never trust white people enough to be like, they actually get it. Yeah. Well, they but, get it enough. They get it enough until conflict arises. Mm-hmm. And then if you have to give them a choice, like either save Ray Sani Mm-hmm. or save this other white bitch you have no idea who she is mm-hmm. they be like hey ray it was really good so but grace would save me <laughs> yeah. and so but just because off gp i can't fully trust white people yeah um i would never say she grew like she grace fully gets it but yeah. grace gets, gets it. it yeah and um she'd be one of the white people that's you know you see these facebook posts now like i was a white lady minding my white business and i saw police harassing this black guy so i went and stood next to him and told him it was gonna be okay no (laughs) grace would go to the cop and be like the fuck are you doing yeah she wouldn't she wouldn't be trying to make a black dude feel better about oppression she would be like why are you doing this yeah you know she's i think she would do that um and then my other friend, my other really super close white friend, she's a comedian. And she started dating a person who I think is racist. And I think quite a few people are cognizant of the fact that he's racist. Mm-hmm. And she's I don't not aware. think, no, she's, there's no way you're friends with me and don't know that you're. So then, how, so then, so this is a Trumpian question. How can you be friends with someone who's with the racist? That's like, we're not can... friends. Like, honestly, I can't tell you the last time we talked in a significant way. Mm-hmm. And it like, it bums me out, but I'm like, oh, that's how it goes. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. She's that down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's interesting because her man is a minority Mm. But he's one of those who is so thirsty for white approval yeah. that he like uh, buys into 
the, the okie doke and shames us. Mm-hmm. Got it. And so it's just like, I, I try on so many occasions to, I tried on so many occasions to like ignore something he said mm-hmm. or, or we've had one conversation where I literally was like, this is stupid what your man just said. Mm-hmm. And she agreed with me that it was stupid, but it wasn't enough for her to yeah. disengage from him. And the well, prob- she's probably getting piped down really good. I mean, sure. Listen, Look, Dick will make I've you made, make a lot of mistakes in your I life. I made terrible decisions all this year. I've made terrible <laughs> decisions. But I, I feel like, um, particularly right now in this election season, there's so much at stake for me and people like me yeah. that if you don't get it, you, you fuck you. Yeah. You know what I mean? True. Yeah. Like, um, I, lit- I just shared an article today because Jameel Smith wrote an MTV. He was basically like, we give too much empathy to Trump supporters and we do. And like, um, I was just talking to my friend. Everybody's talking about like the media keeps talking about um, low-income white voters. Who gives a fuck about them? Yeah. And I don't mean that to say that we shouldn't give a fuck about people. We should always. Mm-hmm. But who gives a fuck about that demographic yeah. as a valuable constituency for talking numbers for votes? There are more Latinos than there's ever been, mm-hmm. right? They're about to change the whole like demographic dynamics of the country they are voting in record numbers Mm -hmm. and you are insisting upon this diminishing demographics feelings about some shit yeah fuck them like fuck that conversation fuck them like why do we need to keep talking about um blue collar workers in ohio okay so ohio goes red let's talk about another state with some brown people in it let's talk about how texas should probably be a a blue state yeah but they figured out how to alienate voters and make voting identification situations difficult and let's talk about that Ohio's Trumps. Bye. Yeah. Have a good day. Whatever. I don't care. They mine in they mine in Ohio. They refuse to upgrade. Good. I don't care. That's their yeah. situation. But the most the t- the state besides California with the most Latino people is Republican because they've like they've effectively disenfranchised their Latino population. We don't want to talk about that. We want to talk about rude angry minority hating white people in swing states that aren't actually swing states fuck them why do we keep doing that fuck them because that's the narration that appeases those people because it's the same reason why hollywood makes movies with white people playing people of color roles right because they still believe in their mind it's a hard thing to we factually proven that that's not the case when you put black folk in movies black people are so happy to this see themselves. This is such a good segue. I'm so excited. This segues right <laughs> into the right, second part of your yeah. We are so happy to see ourselves in movies. Yeah. And we come the fuck out. Best Men Holiday. Except for. Except for, <laughs> for Birth of a Nation. Because that nigga talked himself okay, out of a good so movie. So we got to get to the second part of it. So 
So you're basically saying, you know, black men making black women look bad or coming for black women in order to win over white women is why black feminists killed Birth of a Nation. That's the joke. I don't I know, mean that I know it's a joke. I know it's a joke, but I'm just saying it's it's so loaded <laughs> because there was so much heated and you've you were very vocal about I was Nate Parker I was Uh, I mean I'm not gonna front I didn't see the movie but mm -hmm. when I first saw it like in January February when it it was like probably February March when it first started like percolating on the web I was like oh I I was really hype about it I was very hype about it and also I will say this my cousin came from London Nigerians go to London or New York that's the thing uh so my cousin came from London to visit and she had already seen Beyond the Lights. Is that Beyond yes, the Lights? I saw that. Okay. So my cousin saw it and she was like, uh, we have to go see Beyond the Lights. I was like, girl, I ain't seen that movie. And she was like, no, it's really good. Uh, we have to see it. So I took my cousin to the Court Street Theater mm-hmm. and we saw Beyond the Lights and I fucking loved it. It was good. I loved it. I thought Nate Parker was the most beautiful man I had ever seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, his he is absolutely gorgeous. Yes. His skin is incredible. That strong nigga nose. Like, I love everything about how he looks. Um, I didn't go looking about his history yeah. after that movie. I don't think that Beyond the Lights was the kind of movie movie that was like so moving that it was a thing that I needed to be introspective about and then pursue knowledge thereafter. No, right? it's a, it was a dramatic, was romantic a, film. Right. It was a romantic movie. Yeah. I love their love. Those two people are some of the most beautiful people I've ever seen. Yes. And that was it. I didn't go figuring out who Nate Parker was married to and who he had maybe rape charged. I didn't know a fucking thing. So when I heard stories about Birth of a Nation doing super well at Sundance, I was really excited because I'm very excited about the idea that there is a slave narrative. Now, I will say this as a caveat um, before I go into it. My parents are Nigerian. I don't have slavery in my history. Mm-hmm. So my relationship to slavery and its depictions is not quite as outsider as white people, but I recognize that it's not as intimate as yeah. it might be for other people. But I was so excited that there was like this story about a slave revolt. Yes. And there was no way you could center the story around white people because white people have been telling slave stories about themselves for years. And I don't like glory was about a white dude. Fuck. Yeah. Um, 12 years of slave was about Brad Pitt. Like it's, I'm, they're always very, they're always very, uh, like in the mix of it. I'm, I'm missing what I want to say, but they're always, in the middle of the story about black people. Oh, of course. It's like they don't believe that we're people enough that white audiences will connect with our humanity if they aren't seeing white people in the story, which is why I love Moonlight so much because not a single fucking white person was in that movie. Yeah, I haven't, not I haven't a seen it yet. Girl, it I know. I want to see it. That's on, that's on my to-do list. There was not a single white person in that movie and I had such a 
emotional connection to it. And from what I've seen, non-black people have had the same emotional response to that mm-hmm. movie without having to have a beacon of white goodness yeah. in there to to navigate them. Which is insulting. It should be insulting to white people. It's very insulting to us, but it should be insulting to white people that you they don't think you're smart enough to assess our humanity but and I would engage say, with it. I would say that for a large number of white people in this country, they might not be smart enough. Well, I mean, obviously they aren't because if you think that Donald Trump saying we need law and order... Yeah, is going isn't translation into we gonna be fucking brown people up exactly. I'm like, if you think that Negroes get shot as soon as they walk outside yeah. is good black people policy, you probably aren't smart enough. But but yeah, so um, when I heard about uh, Birth of a Nation, I was like really really excited. Then the whole story about the rape charge uh, came out. And I, having been sexually assaulted Mm -hmm. on multiple occasions, and my attackers are all white dudes. So it's not even like I'm holding this against black men. But like, just as someone who's been intimately involved in a situation like that, I have a problem with it. I'll always have a problem with it. I'll never fuck with... um, Ben Roethlisberger, Derek Rose is on the Knicks. So I don't know what I'm about to do about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know he was like found not liable, but I read those text messages and I was like, nah, this nigga's crazy. Yeah. And at the very least, with Derek Rose, at the very least, he's nuts in terms of like understanding what. I don't think he's nuts. I think that he is a classic case of. A man, regardless of race, who has been given money and power in a position where he can throw his weight around, his celebrity around, and there will always be a woman that is drawn to that, mm-hmm. not knowing when it comes to the, him and his mindset and men like him, there there is never enough that you can do as a woman mm-hmm. to satisfy an appetite that's literally insatiable mm-hmm. so if you're thinking that i'm the, if you think you know i'm the woman in the club that's gonna catch out with derrick rose and he's gonna sweep me off my feet and we're gonna be married we're gonna be together well honey he's already married and he has a girlfriend in every single city mm-hmm. so <laughs> so you pulling your titties out in the back of his limo is not it don't mean shit that's nothing that's but th- that's candy to him you know what is, i mean which is fine because i'm not somebody who is um, objectively against groupie culture because I feel like the patriarchy set it up that way. Yeah, what no, else are women yeah. going to no, be? No, I want to clarify. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that he's justified in his actions. But okay. what I'm saying is that that that's. What, I don't think that he's mentally crazy. I think that that is the the world. Just that the world they he lives live in. in. A lot. All of because, them live in that world. Because some, some of the shit when she was, um, I was actually very surprised that he got acquitted. But then I read that like one of her best friends was was like she's a pathological liar i was like well yeah if you're a celebrity and a friend of the victim quote unquote um says she's a liar you're gonna want to acquit him you know or you don't know or you don't know who which one of his boys that friend is fucking or, right or if the friend exactly. is fucking him or if the friend got exactly. money from him like it, it's there's ho- it's so much. hard it's ho- hard to get down to the truth of it the truth is 
this chick was fucking with Derrick Rose. She he, also might could be a liar, but that doesn't mean that he didn't oh, yeah, do that. Yeah, no, no. You know what I'm I, yeah, but what I'm saying is, is that, he, but you see what he wanted from her. Mm-hmm. He wanted a threesome. He was open about it. You no, know? he didn't just want threesomes. I mean, this dude was pushing constantly. Yeah. I'm, okay. Because it's like, I'm, ma- I'm married, so I'm not going to treat you like a wife. It's like how I'm not going to he, cook. He's married. With Derek kids. Rose is married? Yes. No, he's not. Yes, he is married. Shut up. You tell him a lie. Seriously? Yes, he's married. His wife has said nothing through this whole ordeal. It's the same reason why Vanessa Bryant sat next to Kobe when he fucked that white bitch in the asshole. It's the same reason why Cookie stayed with Magic when he came out with HIV. And it's, it's anybody who's dealing with a man who's making $100 million plus is going to let, to let shit slide. And so that's why wow. he has to treat his wife with a certain level of respect. He's not going to have his wife suck his asshole and, you know, blow on his tip of his dick. He going to make this hoe do it. You hear what I'm saying? So it's always levels to this. Which is so stupid because just have your wife suck your asshole. I mean, I don't understand. You don't need to have this vir- this Madonna whore complex. Yeah. Like, you, if you can't figure out how to love a woman wholly, that if wholly and I mean W-H-O-L-L-Y, yes. but like, Okay, you like your asshole played with. Let your I I don't understand why that, we gotta get hoes for that. But that's the same thing about the catcalling. Black men can see they can see us being catcalled. But they put white women on but this they holy put ground. White women, girl. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, oh, it's okay. Listen, it's, I'll call this black woman a hoe and a bitch all day long. It don't make no difference. Like Trick Daddy, did you see yes, that I bullshit? Did see that Trick Daddy. I'm like, who went to your concerts, Trick Daddy? Ain't none of these Spanish women who gonna figure out how to fry chicken go into your fucking concert. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this, but then it brings this brings me to the whole black feminist movement because there definitely is a difference between, in my opinion, of white feminist and black feminist. Of course, because there's a double, there's there's a trifecta, if you Mm -hmm. will, when it comes to black feminism versus white feminism. It's like I'm a woman. And I'm white, and you're like, yeah. But black women is like, <laughs> we're black, we're women, you know, and we have to deal with so many other stigmas. We are oppressed by everybody mm-hmm. above us on the ladder. Right. Especially if we're queer or whatever. Yeah. So you're very vocal on social media about black feminism. What is some of the reactions you've gotten because of some of your posts? Um, I've definitely had black men think I'm not into them. Mm-hmm. I, my favorite insult is when um, black dudes be like, oh, you only talk to white dudes. And I'm like, you're so wrong. Like, you're the wrongest. I think, like, yeah, I don't know, probably in the last, like, five or six years, I've been with two white dudes. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that that sounds low. like a lot. That's very low for the black female comedian quota. <laughs> right? Hello? <laughs> okay. And also, I'm nasty, so I've been with a lot of people. Okay. Well, I just, I just want to say, I was being sarcastic. I want people to be like, so, Chloe, how many white dudes have you fucked in the last... Uh, not no, none. I, have, I won't go as far as not none, because I have, but the... Two black, the two white dudes I've been with, one of them feels like a nigga sometimes. So, what do you mean, like his penis feels like a nigga? No, I don't remember his penis because I drink all the time. But <sighs> girl, that's the best part of sex. You remember what that dick do? What that dick do? Um, yeah, as like a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of black men who, okay, so the last person I was with, 
I liked him a lot. Um, it was a very intense situation. He's a black dude from Brooklyn, has hotep tendencies, and I mean hotep in the pejorative. <laughs> and I was really digging him. But I remember one time we were just like walking through Park Slope or whatever, and I was venting at him about the way that I really hate being catcalled. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, you know, why you think those men are on the corner? Because black people don't get jobs and da 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 And I was like, so I'm telling you I don't feel safe yeah. walking down the street. And your instinct, excuse me, your instinct is to say, oh, not your safety. An overall yeah. conversation about black male success. Fuck you. I'm saying you black men need to shut the fuck up when I'm walking down a block. And all you have to offer me is like, well, white people didn't give us jobs. <laughs> no. You don't value me enough. You're, we're not your, I'm not your rag doll. I'm not your punching exactly. bag. Stop using us to get your frustration exactly. out on the world. If you want a job, go to the fucking library, learn how to code and yeah. create an app. Seriously. <laughs> Save your studio money for some fucking coding money and, and buy a domain name. Right. Exactly. That's it. I was just like, you are so unconcerned with me and I'm with you. Yeah. And you are so unconcerned with how I feel walking down the street that you were like, let's work on this on a macro level. And that's fine. You should work on things on a macro level. But I'm telling you, I feel a threat to my immediate safety when a man calls me a hoe because I don't answer or did you just see this man bit a shorty's chin off the no. other day? yeah some dude in florida bit a shorty's chin off because she didn't want to fuck with him and you i'm telling you that this is how i feel yeah. and the first thing you offer me is how the white people didn't give you jobs fuck you did he realize that he sounded crazy at that moment no because he was really hot and i slept with him anyway <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you want to make a point, you got to withhold the pussy. Like in um in, in that movie, Spike Lee did it. Nobody watched. Chirac, all the black women <laughs> abstain from sex from all the, all oh, the gangbangers. I heard they... it was terrible. I didn't see it, but I heard it was terrible. I want, That's another movie I wanted to see until mm-hmm. I realized it was like a hip hop musical slash oh, six, really? Shakespearean right. Bethian. And then I, when I heard it was based on Lissa Strada, I was yeah. like, I was like, mm. Alyssa Strada worked. It was ancient Greece. Like you ain't gonna be out here blaming women's behavior, men's behaviors on women's like availability to yeah. them, because men are gonna be terrible when they want to be terrible, and whether or not I hold out pussy. First of all, and it only take one woman to yes, be fucking. If, yes, it just be, take there one will always woman. Be it's the same shit with like we was talking about with Derrick Rose, like with. Yeah. Kobe, whatever, there will always be a shorty who will fuck him anyway. Yeah, she passed the notes at the rally. Like, listen, <laughs> nigga, listen. Sh- listen, she over there bugging. Just DM right? me your number. I'll be in your place in 45 <laughs> minutes, okay? All right, just make sure you give me an Uber on the way out. Thank right? you. See you later. There was, um, I'm obsessed with J.R. Smith. It's dumb. I shouldn't be. And you know how he was dating one girl and then left her and married his baby mama. Yes, I heard about that. Yeah, um, like he he was on vacation. He, he, he dated this girl no, and for then a couple literally years. just went to. Yes. But he was mama. he also was constantly cheating on everybody, right? 
Um, yeah, but he was in a public relationship with one girl for like two or three is, years. The thing is, I didn't know that relationship. I'm obsessed with him. I only heard about the relationship when Bossip was like, you see how he left his girl to marry yeah. this woman? So I was like, wow. And this is, besides K. Michelle, as public as he's been with a shorty mm-hmm. in a long time. But um, I'm obsessed with him because I find delusional arrogance very attractive. And um, But like a couple years ago, there was like... I mean, he is, he he is sexy. I'll give him that. He's he's sexy. No, he's more than sexy. But he, guy. I feel like he will give you HPV, like without a doubt. I mean, I probably already have it. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> like, so, but so I saw this and I wrote an essay about it uh, on like one of my Tumblr because I used to be one of those. But there was this woman who was tweeting at him like. Because he retweeted some woman, mm-hmm. right? Like, he retweeted some woman making just uh, innocuous commentary. And then in his mentions, like, in response to the tweet, there was this woman who was like, oh, so-and-so person is a hoe. She smashed, da Like, just really, really hating. Yeah. And it really bothered me because you internalized that patriarchy in such a way that was bullshit that you out here okay i fucked everybody on his team now what yeah now what but you're mad because you don't have the access forget access let's say she did like she don't have access fine but you're mad because some idiot told you to keep your legs closed and not pursue pleasure on your own mm-hmm. because the reward is male attention. Yeah. And then now shorties is openly fucking and having no problem with it. And you're still stupid enough to keep playing the man's game and mm. you're not getting the reward. And you resent the woman who's doing her own thing as a... Because you want to help shame her. Okay, exactly. Because you, because you are upset that you don't have the... Exactly. Security. Exactly. And the assertiveness to do it the same right. thing that you want to do, which Absolutely. is interesting. This is an interesting point because you are very l- liberated in your sexuality. I don't actually even do sex that much. Well, no, what I'm saying is, is that your like your sensuality isn't something that you hide. Like no. you admit to the things that you do, or you say what right. you feel. You don't. You not. It's not a shameful thing. Mm-mm. Which is interesting because you were raised Muslim. So when did you make that switch? Are you still an active? Not active. Are Girl, you still a practicing no. Muslim? I've been atheist since I'm probably like 16, 17. Also, oh, right after that last big, yeah, big show, I he was, was like, like and dumb. I'm done. yeah. <laughs> yeah um how did your parents cope with that um initially they pushed and then they were kind of like well rafa's gonna do whatever she wants to do Mm -hmm. so um they kind of left me alone like i told you before my parents were relatively liberal as far as nigerian muslims go so i've had it relatively easy like every so often like my mom would you know poke like she'll be like i know you don't believe in this but i'm praying for you (laughs) or something like that and i'll be like i do you think do you think that uh that you know like how the jews do would you go back to home would you go back to like islam no never no i don't i don't think that any religion uh, because i just don't believe in a higher being i just don't and i i think that religion is really important in terms of community Mm -hmm. like if i married a man who had faith i would let my children go to church with him or i let my children go to synagogue or whatever i would never say no to that yeah i would i think it's really important that um it's a shared experience i feel like uh, yeah. yeah um 
but uh but yeah like i mean i don't even i'm actually i talk more shit than i actually like do like i'm not you know getting it in every night no i'm really not (laughs) (laughs) which is um unfortunate i think what happened for me was this happens to a lot of like rape victims they start to fuck a lot to sort of feel control over sexual situations. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was like my whole like 21 till 24 where it was just like um, in particular white dudes. Like I did fuck a lot of white dudes back then because it was like, OK, I've been raped by a bunch of white dudes. And then also in college, there were a lot of white dudes who liked me at night, but didn't like me in public. Of course. So I think like when I came back to New York from school, there was a lot of, okay, I'm going to go to this club and bag this one and this one and this one. Mm -hmm. And there was like power in it, but I didn't enjoy it. It was just. You were trying to, you were trying to make sense of this imbalance that you had going on in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And. Because it's like a power, it's a power play. Mm-hmm. But then you realize after it's done, you still aren't satisfied. It no, doesn't fill the hole. You not. haven't figured out any answers. No, I think like when I was like 24, I hooked up with this boy that I had known from since I was probably like 11 or 12 or something. And it felt so good. Mm-hmm. And it was a bad situation. He ain't shit, whatever. But it was like, it just felt so good because it was like, I'm not pretending anymore. Like, I'm not pursuing power anymore. Here's a black person who he had never been with a white woman, Mm -hmm. by the way. But, like, just, like, this, it it felt so good to have someone who seemed to value me for who I was. Organically. Yeah. And, like, understood, you know, how blackness affected my day-to-day and stuff. So I'm not against interracial relationships, but I would personally try not to do them Mm -hmm. but yeah so like um and i think that matters in how i perceived nate parker Mm -hmm. because i know it's not right but it's like you were in trouble for raping a white shorty right which kind of did not like no one really called that out like see well because she's anonymous apparently well and she's but I, she's dead, i'm very but. confident well she's very dead i'm very confident based on what i've read yeah that she's a white person yeah um and i know too many i know too many black men like him where they go to college, and they're, they're around white shorties, and they get attention. Yeah. Oh my is it, god! It's like the Derek. Yes. It's the Derek Rose effect. Yeah. It's the. It's because his victim is also white, right? I don't know if she is, but based on who her best friend was that came that night, she, and the roommate who shot on her, yeah, I'm pretty confident that shorty's white. Mm. Um, but um, so Nate Parker's accuser is a white woman. Mm-hmm. And his wife is a white woman. Yeah. And he, like, I do feel like there's a separation between black feminists and white ones. But ultimately, rape is a problem for everybody. Yeah, but white women definitely did not respond the same way to the Nate Parker story as black women did. You think so? White women weren't calling for 
boycotting the film. I don't think there was a lot of black women boycotting the film actively either. I think that that was the perception. I saw, I mean, it wasn't a mass movement, but I definitely saw in my timeline people being like, don't go, I'm not supporting it. I can't do it. Don't do it. You know, it was a lot of that coming from black women. I saw a lot of shorties being like, I'm not going to do it. I never saw a concerted effort to get Mm -hmm. you to not do it. Yeah. Um, But there was, there's this insistence upon um, portraying black women who have the audacity to disagree Mm -hmm. as bitter and hating. Yeah. And so the idea that... um, Which is what white women really don't have to deal with because... Exactly. Because white men, unless they're imbeciles do not challenge white women especially in public places unless it has to do with politics or Ooh, like abortion i actually never made that observation and i'm gonna think about that a lot because i might agree with you and t- white men don't post memes with bitches be like oh, dot, yeah. dot, dot. i think that's right white men do not and I've, I've had this conversation a lot with a lot of my friends even my roommate and i'm like uh you need to well so this is also something i said to remember i told you that it was a white girl who told me that that guy said that about her and i kind of was like i i don't want to tell you this because i don't like talking about black men Mm -hmm. in the presence of other people but if you twitter search the phrase black girls Mm -hmm. what you will find more than anything it's two things. You'll find a black dude talking about why black girls ain't shit. Yeah. Or why light-skinned girls are better than dark-skinned girls. Mm-hmm. Some whack shit like that. Or you'll find white girls who fuck black dudes bragging about how they better than us. Yeah. On some, like, Khloe Kardashian shit. Who hasn't done that openly, but I feel like that's... I just perceive her that way. But, like, it'll be, like... Like, you'll Google this and you'll Twitter search it, the phrase black girls, and they'll be like, all the black girls are mad because I walked into the club with their men and they're staring at me. I'm like, we don't give a fuck about you. Yeah. We, like, really don't give a fuck about you. I am so unconcerned with white women. (laughs) I'm so unconcerned. But, excuse me, they are the center of everybody else's universe. And so they can't fathom... That I wouldn't care. It's interesting. Like even when I walk down the street, when I walk down the street and I see an interracial couple, I'll I can look at them like I look at anybody if it's a white woman and a black guy, and I'll catch myself looking at them. And it'll be for like her coat, her mm-hmm. shoes, something about her attire. They'll be like, "Oh, that's a nice shirt." But then I catch her looking at me, and in my mind, I you know, know that she she's thinking, that you're hating. Um, yeah. And in my mind, I want to be like, "No, I just really liked your sneakers." Mm-hmm. But I know instantly mm-hmm. that they're looking at me. Like, like oh she's she's looking at me because I'm with a black guy and I'm like right. he's a mm-hmm. fucking cornball. He's a corn. It's also, like this is not fair, but it's my theory. It's also for the most part, it's either super successful black dudes or cornball niggas who date primarily interracially because there's this nonsense idea that like black girls don't like nerves and that's wrong. And I, well, it's also, I think the flip side is that how you say Nigerian men want to tame a wild or a aggressive, assertive woman. Mm-hmm. I think most black men are 
afraid of assertive black women. So they want someone who's a little bit more agreeable. So when you have a nerd who is like, I know that I'm not assertive enough as as my own black self as a man to so then acknowledge your inadequacy don't make that my it's fault gonna ha- it's never gonna happen then you just walked down the street <laughs> with a nigga that told you that you get cat called because niggas don't have jobs <laughs> that's true <laughs> let's wrap this up i always end it with this question ray Sani, what makes you a social misfit i don't know um gosh I didn't even know I was a misfit. You think I am? Yeah, you don't have to be. I just <laughs> asked that question. I don't think you think you're normal. No, I don't think I'm normal. Yeah, I don't think anybody really thinks they're normal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm a misfit uh, probably because after everything I said, this is going to sound very contradictory. I think I'm a misfit because I have a very intense relationship to my blackness and it matters to me a lot. And I think surface level people think I don't have that. Is it, uh, is it blackness in the American definition or blackness as an African? No, I feel black like an American, Mm -hmm. right? Um, If anything, I would say that my relationship to blackness and femaleness is very black American taught. Yeah. Like my first feminist works were Bell Hooks Mm -hmm. and Toni Morrison. This wasn't me reading like Fela Kuti's mother was like a huge Nigerian feminist. I don't know shit about her, but blackness and femaleness, Audre Lorde, that's who I engage with. But I think because of how I speak and what it looks like I date, I remember I had to cuss somebody out on Facebook like, you keep shading me like I only talk to white dudes and I have a real problem with you doing that. Mm-hmm. Because Cause they, because they want to they wanna do that to discredit your anger. It's like, how angry can you really be about what's going on black people, Ray, when you're a fucking white dude? Right, and it's like, I'm actually not, mm-hmm. but I don't want to have to tell you what my pussy is doing for me to have a valid opinion about something. Yes. But yeah, I think that that's what's happening. Um, I'm not... I'm not black the way people think of blackness. Yeah. But I am. It matters to me a lot. And yeah, I think that I'm in this space where all I want is black approval. And maybe sometimes I don't get it. So if if there is a misfit, mm-hmm. if, if something doesn't fit, that's it. The The way that I like care about being black so much and there's this perception that i don't at all yeah that really bothers me like a lot well your first special should be i'm black as fuck (laughs) (laughs) i know then this scrawny black (laughs) yellow person comes out like i'm bad i'm banging white dudes all over the place (laughs) ray thank you so much for sitting down with us for the social misfit experience i feel like i i I apologize i feel like i went on so many tangents and we didn't get to the thing no that's we we covered everything okay we covered everything um uh, where can people follow you at and see um follow me at ray sani r-a-e-s-a-n-n-i on twitter and i'm trying to use instagram so rafizzle87 on instagram and on facebook and my tumblr i hear you have to have a website so people know you exist so eh, razor ray that 
www.tumblr.com. We'll have that in the description because <laughs> people are like, what do you, what? A, A, H, E, H, E, A, Raise, Raise All, all Right. right. <laughs> Girl, yeah, we're going to add. Thank you so much, Ray. Thank you for hanging out with us. Thank Thanks you so for listening, much. guys. Check you out next week. Bye.